Hi, and welcome to Chelemoji Chats. I'm your host, Liz Lee, otherwise known as Chelemoji, and I'm here to talk about tips and tools to help you on your cello journey. Hello and welcome to episode number seven of Cello Emoji Chats. And today I wanted to just talk about the age-old question that I get a lot from students is, when can I move on to my next piece? Now, this really comes down to the question of when is a piece of music in air quotes, done. When is it done and finished and you can move on to a new piece of music? And this can sometimes be a little bit hard to judge, especially if you are not preparing for some kind of audition or concert. So I do find that sometimes there are kids who learn pieces of music rather quickly and then they just want to move on. Like they're not going to wait until the next concert series that you have um, in order to uh, move on to the next piece. And I think as a teacher, it's important that you really consider, okay, what is it that you want your student to learn by mastering this piece? And if you have that very clear in your head, then it should be very clear when it is time for the student to move on. Now, let's just assume, too, that the obvious things are there, such as they have to play the right notes, they have to play the right rhythm. If you are playing out of the Suzuki books, I really expect um, the correct bowings and the fingerings in there because that is part of what you are required to learn when you are mastering these Suzuki pieces. They give you these skills in order to master that. Now, if you're playing out of other books, um, sometimes that can vary. Um, but, you know, you you have to pick and choose your battles, I guess you can say. But when it comes to students who are learning things out of the Suzuki books, I am actually pretty strict. And I've become even more strict about it, only because I find that the ones that I sort of slide by on some of the things, then they actually end up struggling later on with pieces because they never actually mastered the skill. Now, if you have an older student um, or you yourself are an adult trying to learn cello, um, I think the main thing you should think about is, okay, well... Maybe you are not playing this for a recital or a concert tomorrow, but do you feel proud about the work that you've done on it? Do you feel satisfied that you can play through this song at a final state? Now, does it have to be absolutely perfect? Perhaps not, but if you had to perform it in a couple days, do you feel able to do that? Um, and when I ask my older students this, then sometimes they're like, oh, well, maybe I need to have a few more days on this or another week. Um, there are definitely a lot of students out there who just play through things so quickly and they, they have the uh, stigma attached to the piece of music of, well, it's good enough. And I think that really just dulls a lot of the senses in terms of being able to identify when am I playing the right thing? When am I playing the wrong thing? Um, And I really challenge those students to actually try to get the pieces to a higher level because 
oftentimes when I have students who are like, well, that's good enough, that is actually not really a good representation of their skills. It, it just kind of glosses over a lot of things and they end up playing a lot of wrong notes or articulations. Um, and overall, it just doesn't even sound musical. Now, you, again, have to pick and choose your battles. Now, I'm not saying you should kind of sort of learn a piece and move on, but perhaps if you are feeling bored with a piece of music, you can kind of add on to your practice session. No one says that you only need to learn one piece of music at a time. Um, anyone who says that probably doesn't understand how boring that can get. I think as a kid, when I was learning cello, there was really never a point where I was only learning one piece of music. I mean, there might have been one major piece of music, like here is a piece of music, like a concerto, that's very long. But then I would have some unaccompanied Bach, and then I would have a short piece, and I would have an etude, and I would have to master scales. So that in itself adds to practice time as well. So back to a previous episode when I was talking about practicing and how long do you practice for, you also have to consider what piece of music you're playing. Like what is the songs that you're working on? Is it enough time? Because if your answer is always, well, it's just good enough, then you will find that it is just very unsatisfying. Things will never really sound all that good. I mean, they might sound okay, but if you're trying to strive to improve your skills, you've got to practice and learn a piece until you're like, yes, I really enjoyed that piece. Um, and I achieved my goals and I achieved what my teacher is asking me to do and not accept sort of mediocrity of, of it. Um, the only time I would say where for myself, I was kind of just ripping through songs really, really fast and just trying to learn as much as possible was probably when I was in my doctorate um, because I was trying to learn all the little pieces of cello rap, cello music that I never learned growing up um, so that as a teacher, these pieces would not catch me off guard. Like I would actually know what they were and what are the things I could work on. So sure, was I going to perform all of them anytime soon? No, but I had to get it to a point where if I was to demonstrate this to a student and show them like this is what it's supposed to sound like, um, I would be able to do so. Funny enough, since I've learned those pieces, I have actually performed all of them in concert, uh, but that initial learning and understanding how the piece functions definitely helped me bring that up to speed a lot quicker than if I was just sort of glossing over the notes and saying that's good enough. So just understand that when you are practicing, whether you are a student or a teacher, and you come to a point where you're like, okay, I'm done, I'm, re I'm ready to move on, I think the main question should be, am I proud of what it sounds like right now? I mean, I think that that is pretty much a black and white question and answer right there. If you are not happy with how it sounds and it does not sound like it's supposed to sound, then you need more work on it and perhaps you need to stay on the piece a little bit longer 
perhaps you need a break from it. Maybe you can um, try some other pieces of music or take a break from the current piece for, you know, a couple weeks and come back to it. But you should be happy with how it sounds like. You should understand, like, being happy means you have learned the notes, you have learned the rhythms, you are able to play through this with minimal amount of mistakes. And if you had to present this in, say, like a week or something, you would be able to do so. And that is kind of my simple answer to this age-old question that uh, I'm sure many people in the music world who are teachers get from students um, is, when, when am I done with this piece? When can I move on? Can I move on to this next song that's in this book here? Or parents who are like, oh, maybe you need to practice some more. And the kids are like, well, why? Like, why do I need to practice more? Um, so this is just some things to think about when it comes to your practice sessions and what is it that you're trying to practice for? Like, what is your end goal? So hopefully this gives you some insight, something short and sweet uh, to think about while you are practicing. If you found um, some great value in this podcast, I would love for you to hop over to Apple Podcasts and uh, leave me a review it would totally help out this podcast and help bring this podcast to others who are on the same cello journey as you. Thanks so much for listening to Cello Emoji Chats. And until next time, guys, cello on. Cello on.